you know that fresh produce is the best produce. That's why at Kroger, we invest in local farmers to bring you seasonal picks that taste fresh from the farm good, like sweet corn, refreshing watermelon, and juicy peaches. So whether you're a delivery lover, a picker-upper, or you shop in-store, your local produce always tastes 100% fresh, or you get a 100% refund guaranteed. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hey, everybody, and welcome to In the Clinch MMA podcast on the Fight Game Media Network. I'm Paul Fontaine, alongside Ryan Frederick. And we got a lot to talk about today and uh, not a lot of time to do it because uh, we're, we're at a bit of a time crunch today. But it's actually we're going to get in, try to get this in on the, our normal goal time anyways. But because uh, someone else uh, is going to record here and you'll have an two shows on your feed for Tuesday. So, um, so Ryan, before we get going here, um, the... What I want to uh, bring up is something that you probably know a little bit more than me. Um, and, and if you've listened to the Fight Game Media Network a lot, you've heard about POAPS. And um, POAPS is, uh, I guess, a form of digital, I, I don't want to use the word currency, but more like digital tokens um, that Fight Game Media gives away on various shows. And we're actually going to be giving away one uh in reference to UFC 274 and it's a really cool uh, token I'm looking at it right now and it's absolutely free so all you need to do to claim the POAP is to send an email to Fight Game Media POAP that's all one word and POAP is P-O-A-P so Fight Game Media P-O-A-P at gmail.com and just put UFC 274 in the subject line and you will receive that and if you if you don't know about POAPs um, you know you can also include you know just asking questions about how to uh, claim a POAP. Do you, do you, you probably know a little bit more about these than I do, Ryan, or, or do you? No, no idea on the POAPs, to be honest. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, but it's, it is a form of like digital, uh, tokens. Like it's not Bitcoin. Like we're not asking you to buy anything. This is a complete giveaway. It's, it's almost like, uh, like we're giving you a trading card and, uh, no, no actual value to it, but it may have some, some currency at some point. If you've collected all the PO apps, there may be prizes available again, nothing you have to pay for. Um, it's just something that we're uh, doing to show our appreciation for our listeners. So, um, this will be again, uh, and um in this will be an in the clinch exclusive so if you're listening to this show just send an email uh with the subject line to ufc 274 to fight game media poap at gmail.com and uh and and you'll get it that, that's all that's all you got to do so we like i said we have a, a busy show we are coming off what was we talked about it last week i mean it wasn't a huge show in terms of big names or big fights but as is often the case with these shows um it turned into a really good show um i i watched on delay as I often do more often than not, actually. And there were, there was a show I tech, a fight I texted you about earlier in the show that I said, man, if this was had fans, it would be, you know, like people would be talking about this as, you know, a fight of the year possibility. And there were two fights after that that were even better. Um, so, I mean, this was a big one. And the main event, I mean, because it was the main event and, and, you know, more people probably watched it. Um, like I, and I made this and I'm confident in saying this. If this fight takes place in Mexico City, this is a fight of the year guaranteed. 
<laughs> I mean, and maybe like a fight of the decade. Um, Marlon Vera and Rob Font um, was just an incredible fight uh, because it was like there were three rounds that were like almost identical. Um, where Rob Font is just dominating the round on the feet. And then Marlon Vera gets one shot where he almost knocks him out and nearly finishes him three times. And I think it was the first, the, the second, and the, the fourth. Am I right? Second, third, and fourth. Second, third, and fourth. Okay. And almost. And then like and the fifth. Much, and pretty much in the fifth almost too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the fifth was more like more just kind of his round. Um, and I mean, really, like in those second, third and fourth, like you could make a case that Rob Font won in the case that he was dominant for four and a half minutes of the round. But because Marlon Vera's last 30 seconds were so good, he really I think the scores were what? 49, 46, twice and 48, 47. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, one of the judges gave him one of those rounds. Um, I mean, I scored at forty nine forty six. Yeah, fifth. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, for me, like I, I scored like I. I mean, I, I had forty nine forty six, like just about everybody else. But I mean, for me, I wasn't even really. I mean, by the time the fight was over, you knew Marlon Vera won. It didn't really matter what the scores were, and honestly, like. I was expecting him to finish. So I was not even really paying attention to the scores like myself. Cause I was watching on delay anyways. I had no idea who had won, but I mean, I knew Marlon Vera had won by, before they got to the scores because, but I mean, the, the, because of the way these rounds went and if they were, I say specifically in Mexico, um, I mean, the, the crowds would have been like, like jumping off the rafters. Like literally this was just an insane fight. Just incredible. Oh yeah, it was absolutely incredible. I mean, they combined a they landed a combined uh, four hundred thirty significant strikes in this fight, which is the second most all time in UFC history. And it breaks up it breaks up the stranglehold that Max Hall Max Holloway had on the top four spots. So Max Holloway only has four of the top five now instead of the top four. <laughs> it's still crazy though. Max Holloway's top spot. Top spot he landed was the Calvin Cater fight, and he landed more significant strikes in that fight than these two landed combined, which is still an insane number. But still, you're talking about 430 significant stri- strikes landed in this fight. Rob Font threw over 500 strikes in this fight. It was just Good Lord. A, a lot of activity from him. And yeah, he was the second through fourth round. He was very clearly winning those rounds up until the last 30 seconds. Cause in the last 30 seconds of each round, Vera knocked him down and nearly finished him. Like those are clean knockdowns, clean near finishes, near finishes. And if that, if that doesn't happen, the whole, you know, the whole fight is shifted around and we're probably talking about Rob Font coming off, coming off a very good decision win where now it's like Marlon Vera is just, is, you know, is coming off the biggest win of his UFC career, UFC career. And just, it was a fantastic fight. I don't know that it was, I mean, it's in the running for fight of the year. I'll probably say it's probably the third best fight I've seen this year, but, uh, but I mean, but it's very close up there and yeah a great showing for vera and uh i don't i don't know that font loses a lot losing this but he took a beating and his face was an absolute mess and uh yeah it was just an incredible fight if you missed it go back and watch it it was just fantastic and I mean, and, and again, like, I, I just can't emphasize enough, like with fans, like I say Mexico, I mean, Vera's from Ecuador, but I mean, you know, I think Mexican fans would love this dude and, uh, and they go nuts. I mean, really any fans like this would have been so much better and it was great. And the crowd that was there, however many there were, 
were going nuts. Like, you know, and they, they made noise. Like there's more noise in this way more noise in this than in the fight last week Ugh. in PFL that everyone was talking about. Yeah. The, as I mean, by the year. Cause there might've been more, there might've been more people in the apex than there yeah, was watching that. And show. I think, I think more than half the people that were there were actually there for Vera, like his friends and fam yeah. family. So it's kind of, I think it was kind of one sided on that, on that a little bit. Yeah. They were, and they were loud. And this was the kind of fight that if you're a Vera fan, I mean, you'd be like watching and be like, Oh no, my guy's getting killed. And then, Oh my God. And like, and just like, screaming you know like four times or you know three anyways um there was one i think at the end of the fourth where like i thought for sure like it was gonna get stopped like i mean if there was five more seconds in the round i think it would have been stopped because the ref was right there it was jason herzog did a great job um as always i thought it was interesting that jason herzog is the one that gets the main event over herb dean about time i know it's happened a few times before but it should never happen again where herb dean gets the main event over over him but uh herb's, he's, herb's done, he's one herb's, of the very best herb's done good lately he hasn't had a slip up. He's done time. all right. But, I mean, Herzog's great. I mean, Herzog rarely makes a mistake. And, uh, you know, he's, he's really one of the one of the very best yeah. refs the, out there right now. Yeah, Nevada's also – Nevada's good also about, you know, with these UFC shows and having them almost weekly. Like, they're very good at rotating who yeah. who gets assigned what fight, what fight, you know, okay. as far as main event all right. goes. Well, yeah, just just an incredible fight, though. Vera now, third, third win in a row. I mean, over Davey Grant, Frankie Edgar and now Rob Font, like you said, best best win of his career. I mean, you know, and then you go back a little bit and then he, he had that win over uh, Sean O'Malley, which all of a sudden doesn't look so bad for O'Malley. I mean, it was first round and, you know, and he, you know, it was kind of a freak injury, but um, it, uh, you know, like all of a sudden now, maybe you do that rematch at some point um, because, uh, you know, Vera is definitely in the mix. I mean, top five now for sure. Um, just, a just a great, great, and a, and a great capper to, to what was a, a really good show. Um, and then the amazing thing was this didn't even win fight of the night because Rob Font missed weight. It did. Uh, but I, it did win fight of the night. Oh, it did. Okay. Cause I'm looking at the list and I've only seen two performance of the night. So, uh, yeah, I guess that, won, that's wrong. So won. did the whole hundred grand go to Vera, go to Vera? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So he gets the full hundred grand, um, and and again, like there was um, on the main card, uh, you know, we'll we'll go over our three stars. But Darren Elkins, Tristan Connolly was a hell of a fight, and then the one I t I talked about earlier, you know, that I saw first, Nathan Levy and Mike Breeden was just a great fight on the prelims that probably like you know one hundred and fifty people watched. Um, yeah, obviously more than that, but not very many people watched watched that fight. I don't think. Um, but yeah, I. I I, uh, I just, yeah, I couldn't say enough about this. And again, I watched late and man, I was not even close to falling asleep because what a great fight I, I got to see in the, in the main event. Yeah. I mean, there's, I, I don't know how much more can be, can be said, but uh, Marlon Vera, I would, you know, he's talking about one of the top five guy next. He keeps trying to get that rematch with Jose Aldo, which isn't going to happen, but I could see Vera easily right. fighting uh, Dominic Cruz. I think a lot of people have been talking Ooh, about Dominic yeah. Cruz next and Dominic Cruz wants a top five guy, which, which I mean, it's unless he's going to fight P P Piotr Jan next. I don't really see him fighting anybody, but Vera, Vera and Cruz makes all the sense in the world to me at least and put that in front of fans and uh and, and you're gonna have a put, fight of the night but right? all these fights have We've <laughs> well yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean we yeah we beat that drum 
Um, all right. So uh, we want to go with our three stars. If I'm remembering right, I think I let you go first last week. So um, my uh, my first star is going to be uh, Alexander Romanoff. Uh, moved to 16 and 0. Uh, first round submission over Chase Sherman with an Americana. Just, I mean, he just mowed through this dude. And then he cut a promo afterwards. And, uh, you know, like, what do you want next? He had a call out. I can't remember who it was. But he basically said, like, I want the belt. Like, he, you know, he wants a belt in like a year or something. And he got a brown belt and he, th- he thinks he can be a black belt um, uh, by, by this time next year. So, you know, good for him. And uh, nice heavyweight prospect, um, you know, just uh, just a just a killer. Um, and, you know, speaks English, even though it's not his first language. So good on him for that, for for learning the language. My second star is going to be Grant Dawson, who I, I just love that fighter. Uh, one of the most underrated guys in UFC. Uh, moved to 18-1 and one at lightweight. Like, yeah, this guy's got to be ranked soon because, I mean, you know, uh, the, he said the last time he lost, Barack Obama was president. So that, you know, that says something right there. And uh, my third star, Joe Anderson Brito, first round KO, 40 seconds over Andre Feely. Uh, again, just just mowed through him. Andre Feely's a big name. He's been around forever. Whenever I see him, I always think back to that fight he had with Holloway, like way, way, way back early in both their careers. And he's still kicking around. Best nickname, one of the best nicknames in MMA with Touchy Feely. And big, big win for Joe Anderson Brito. Um, I left one specifically for you that I figured you'd pick, and I'll give you two more. Oh, well, you actually picked all three that I had in mind, but I'll, oh, really? I'm going to go oh, a little okay. different. Sorry. Uh, first one I'm going to go with is uh, Nathan Levy. Uh, one of the unanimous yeah. decisions over Mike Breeden, but this was a fun fight. And he got a lot of takedowns, uh, especially in the sec- second round. He scored like seven takedowns. Takedowns, and it, I mean, he looked really good in the first two rounds. Rounds, Breeden did not look bad at all despite losing. Uh, Levy is one thing that he's going to need to work on. He, he does gas out in the third round third round but I mean those first two rounds he's as good as anybody and he's a young prospect now now seven and one I mean he's a guy to keep an eye on for the future uh, my second star I'm gonna go with uh, Gabe Green he lost the first round to Johan Linnes and then he got dropped in the second round second round but once he got dropped and got back up I mean it was a complete it was almost like it shook the cobwebs off of him because he he hurt Liness with a big shot and Liness went down and it was all over from from there and a great win for uh, Gabe Green and my third star I'm gonna go with actually somebody who lost but it's uh, Jake Collier because he did not deserve to lose oh. that fight that fight no uh, he did not that was that was a hundred percent a robbery. Now I'm going to, and, and it's kind of, I'm also giving him a, the third start to kind of get into the talk of the scoring of the, uh, of this fight as well. But, uh, yeah, yeah, he got, he got robbed. I mean, Andre Orlovsky, you know, credit to credit to him. He's been on both sides of the, of these fights, you know, where he, you know, he should have, should have won, but lost and should have lost, but won. but this one was egregious. This is the worst of his career. I mean, I mean, I, I will have the caveat of the first two rounds were close close but i thought first and third were definitely clear collier rounds which would give him the 29 28 which is what i had and every media score had the fight for collier um i mean the, when you look at the stats yeah it was even but it was pretty even but like much like the uh, font vera 
fight the stats don't tell everything. I mean, Collier was, you know, more pressure. He's his striking was more effective, more octagon control, more pressure, and his he did more damage when he landed. So I don't know what the hell the judges were watching, especially in that third round. But Collier got screwed, and yeah, absolute robbery. Yeah. Uh, Robert, and like I said, it was credit, credit to Arlovsky, 23rd UFC win, tie ties Jim Miller and Donald Cerrone for most of, for first all time. But but yeah, it was in you know probably not not the way he wanted to do it. No, and even when he was asked after, like you know, did you feel confident going into you know the scoring that you were going to win the fight? And he was like, he didn't want to answer that. <laughs> like he, he he pretty much all but said, yeah, I didn't win. Uh, you know, like I got the decision, but I didn't win this fight. And he did, he kept pulling over Collier, like he's a hard hitter and he takes a punch. And I mean, you know what's funny is. I, I, when this was his fourth straight win, right? And I mean, he's talking about wanting, you know, to get back into title contention. And I, I, rem- I'm thinking about this and I'm like, there was a guy and I can't remember who it was, but he was somebody that everybody had written off. And then all of a sudden he, r- he rung up four straight wins or something. And then all of a sudden they started putting him in big fights and then he was just getting killed. And then it dawned on me, it was Andre Arlovsky <laughs> back in 2014 um, when, you know, like he beat, or 20, 2014, 2015, he he beats Brendan Schaub, Bigfoot Silva, Travis Brown, and Frank Mir. And then all of a sudden he goes in against Stipe and gets knocked out in the first round, goes against Overeem and gets knocked out in the second round, goes against Josh Barnett, gets submitted in the third round. Francis Ngannou knocked out in the first round. And it's like, okay, you know, the Andre Arlovsky train is over. He was like one win away from the title shot back in 2016. And then, you know, he, he, you know, it didn't happen for him. And that was what, uh, five, seven, ten, thirteen, six, seven, 20 fights ago. Yeah. Like that's a whole career. And, uh, and here he is again, you know, he's won four straight six out of the last seven, you know, the only loss was to Tom Aspinall. Um, you know, he's the proverbial gatekeeper. Um, but I mean, you know, like I said, he lost this fight. I mean, even the Jared Vandera fight was a split decision. I mean, it's not like he he mopped the floor with him either. He he, um, he won the Vandera fight though. That we were, I he did talk, he did. I remember but, talking but, about talking about it. We were yeah. all in agreement that the Vandera scorecard was yeah. a really bad scorecard. But it's still like it's not like he's um like you know vander's n- you know not even close to being a contender so it's like he's not he, he's you know and he chase sherman was one of those and he got destroyed here um so yeah it's uh you know four straight wins for alaska like i said can't take that away from him he's gonna get a big fight at some point and he's probably gonna get killed like not not literally well hopefully not literally but uh i and i say this every time though I still think he's a better fighter now than he was when he was champion. It's just the other guys are so much better too. Um, but he can beat, you know, 75% of the guys in the heavyweight roster. He's just not going to be beating any top 10 contenders anytime, like ever. Uh, but, you know, yeah, good good for Andre. And, and yeah, I was going to mention, you know, that if if you didn't. And uh, I, 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 you know, I was going to pick Francisco Figueredo as one of my three stars. And I looked at his name and I figured you would. So, um, I, unfortunately, Francisco, you're out of luck. Neither one of us picked you. Uh, but uh, why don't you take us through the uh, rest of these results? Okay. The uh, show started off with a women's flyweight fight. Uh, Shannon Young uh, finished Gina Mazzani in the second round by TKO. Mazzani. 
Otani dominated the first round, but as she tends to do, she tends to have done lately. She got tired in the second, and uh, Young took it over and finished her in the second. Second, so Young's first UFC win, and that was probably Mazzani's uh, swan song in her second UFC stint. Yeah, because she's I think like two and six or two and two and seven with the promotion, so not a very good record. Um, then we had the lightweight fight, Nathan Levy, unanimous decision over Mike Breeden. Then we had the welterweight fight, Gabe Green, second round TKO over Johan Liness. Then we had the flyweight fight, Francisco Figueredo submitted uh, Daniel Lacerda with a knee bar in a minute, 18 seconds. They went right to the ground, and Lacerda was uh, trying to scramble and transition to to uh, side control, but uh, but Figueredo grabbed that leg and locked in a knee bar real quick, and it was a quick tap. So, so a very good win for Figueredo. Yeah, real quick. Yeah. Then we had the, uh, excuse me. <clears throat> then we had the heavyweight fight. Uh, Alexander Romanov submitting Chase Sherman in two minutes, 11 seconds with the Americana. I should note that Chase Sherman, that this was such a mauling from the onset by Romanov that Chase Sherman didn't even get to throw a single strike in the two minutes that it, that it happened, not even when he was on the ground. And he was taken down three times in two minutes and submitted. Uh, you know, people were kind of like talking about pre-fight, how pre-fight, when the betting odds going in this fight, Alexander Romanov was a tw- minus twenty five hundred. He was the biggest favorite in Jeez. UFC history, and Chase Sherman was the biggest underdog in UFC history. And everybody wanted to talk about it, to make a talk about it. But I mean, the way this fight went, I don't know if those odds were long enough, <laughs> long enough because it was just 20, that's twenty five to one for you yeah. non betters. Yeah, so yeah, twenty. Yeah, he probably should have been a hundred to one the way the fight went. Uh, NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away, specifically the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. That that was a uh, the closer on the prelims. The main card kicked off a middleweight fight. Christoph Jocko scored a unanimous decision oh. over Gerald Mearshart, thirty twenty seven across the board. Uh, this wasn't a very exciting fight, which you can say a lot about Jocko's fights. But Jocko just yeah. Jocko's one of those guys. He's he's not fun to watch because he doesn't do a whole lot, but he does enough to win every round. And Mearshart couldn't find that third round finish that he you know finds a lot of times. Uh, then we had. Featherweight fight, Darren Elkins, unanimous decision over Tristan Connolly, 30-27 across the board. Elkins just damaging Connolly throughout the three rounds. Uh, just 
his wrestling was the key difference and doing the damage from the top top and yep and to answer everybody's question yes elkins did end up bleeding it took until the third round but he ended up both both of them i think right yeah Connolly's face was a mess afterwards too too but uh yeah but yeah but yeah then we had great uh, fight great Great really really great fight uh then we had the lightweight fight grant dawson submitting jared gordon in the third round with the rear naked choke jared gordon was better on the feet but dawson dawson's wrestling i mean gordon's a good wrestler but dawson's wrestling was just a level above he kept taking him down to win rounds and then he and then gordon nearly gordon had him in trouble in the third round on the feet but dawson was able to get it down grabbed the back for the rear naked choke and got gordon to tap with less than a minute to go in the fight then we had joe anderson brito finishing andre feely in 41 seconds just a massive right hand dropped dropped feely and the punches on the ground you know ended it brito's got a lot of a lot of potential he's a he's a very good finisher he's won like 11 of his last 12 now and that's a that's a real quality win over andre feely because not a lot of guys can finish him he's very tough then we had the heavyweight fight we talked about andre arlovsky split decision over jake collier and then uh marlon vera unanimous decision over rob font in the main event there was one fight on the card where they said the guy had never been submitted before. Was that Sherman? Uh, uh, I'll take that. Because I remember, I remember somebody in the post. I'm just looking. I remember somebody in their post fight mentioning that. Yeah, it must have been Sherwin. Because yeah, it was Romanoff talking about it and said, yeah, he'd never been submitted in however many fights, and yeah. Uh, and yeah, and he was, yeah, he was. was proud to yeah, be I mean, submitted. Him. Sherman was Sherman was submitted in the in the last fight before that against Jay Collier. Oh, okay, then it wasn't it wasn't him. There was somebody. It was maybe probably, it was Jared. Oh, you know what? Maybe it's Grant Dawson and Jaron Gordon. That's uh, look, look it up. Uh, Doctor Stop. Yeah, that was the first yeah. Time. No, that that, that must have been the one. Time yeah, Gordon's with. Yeah, so submitted. that's the one. Yeah, and and yeah, and he he had a really good promo after the fight too. So, um, so yeah, I mentioned we mentioned the fight of the night. Obviously, was the main event, and then uh, Joe Anderson Brito and uh, Francisco Figueredo gets a fifty thousand dollar bonus. So Figueroa is not one of the three stars, but he gets fifty k from Dana White. So I'm sure he'll sleep fine tonight, knowing he didn't get one of our three stars. Um, did you watch PFL? I did not because I watched the NFL draft. Okay, I did. Hey, it doesn't look like I, anybody oh, did looking at the ratings. <laughs> no, 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 no. I did. Uh, it was it was an easy show to watch. Um, there were there were five fights on the main card, and three of them were like very early uh, stoppages, all in the heavyweight fights. And then the the two uh, the two featherweight fights went to decision, but they were all they're both pretty good fights. Chris Wade over Lance Palmer, Brendan Lochnane over Ryoji Kudo. Um, and you know, no real question about who won either fight. Uh, Bruno Capelozo uh, knocked out Stuart Austin in the main event. Uh, Hennan Ferrara uh, over Jamel Jones and Dennis Goldsoff over Cody Goodale. All, all uh, first round KOs. Um, just look. I will say Go this. Ahead. I will say this. I did see the on uh, social media the Hennan Ferrara finish, and yeah, and that guy, that guy needs to be signed by the UFC like. As soon as he, as soon as he can, you know, after the after well, the season, maybe, probably. maybe he's going to win a million dollars first. Yeah, win a million dollars. He knocked first. out, he knocked out Stuart Austin on uh, in his last fight, who's the guy that won in the main event, and he's also got a win over Jared Vandera. Yeah, um, yeah. So and and he's the guy that quote unquote knocked out uh, for Fabricio Verdum last year too, and then had it later overturned. So yeah, I think you're you're right on that one. Yeah, I mean, get, uh, look get at, your million dollars, and then and then UFC should be signing him like right after right after he yeah. wins a million dollars. 
Uh, so just looking over the prelims, uh, Shaman Moraes in his return to uh, the former World Series of Fighting uh, got a win over Boston Salmon. Bubba Jenkins, former Bellator contender, won over Kyle Boschniak. And Clidson Abreu, who's an interesting heavyweight prospect to uh, UFC cut, uh, is, uh, you know, got a, got a win. I, I think that's a tournament match. So, yeah, maybe, you know, he's another one. A lot of Brazilian heavyweights in, in this tournament. Um, all right. And, uh, and yeah, so that is, uh, and then, you know what, while we're on the PFL train, we'll just mention, uh, we'll, we'll do the PFL and tough, and then we'll get into our UFC 274 preview. So PFL coming up this week, uh, probably their biggest show of the first round, uh, Kayla Harrison fighting in the main event against Marina Moktenkina. Um, you know, that's the fight everyone's going to care about. Uh, you know, I don't know how many people are going to watch. It's on ESPN two on Friday, uh, fourth, thirty our time, five thirty Eastern. So the whole yeah, main event will probably be like 10, uh, Eastern and, uh, Anthony Pettis also on the card and Rory McDonald. So they're loading up. They had no names on the last card and they're putting them all in this one. Julia Budd on the prelims. I notice, um, Larissa Pacheco, Gleason Tebow uh, fighting on the prelims, Vanessa Mello. So, you know, quite a few names of people that people know. Actually, Anthony Pettis and Miles Price, interesting fight at lightweight. Um, anything you want to add? Obviously, everyone's here for Kayla. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if you're watching that show, you're watching that for, for Kayla Harrison and how quick she's going to win and what kind of promo she's going to cut afterwards. But, but yeah, so I don't see, yeah. I don't see anybody and, uh, challenging her. And we'll we'll uh, we'll talk about a potential future opponent for her uh, a little bit later in the show. Ryan's got one of his epic rants coming. Um, all right, and then we've got uh, we've got the uh, tough kicking off this this week. And I think we went over the cast list when it was first announced. I pulled it up here. Um, oh crap! It's one of these stupid things where they don't have the whole list um, in front of me. Here we go. Uh, we got uh, oh no it's the same article uh, Brogan Walker Chantal, Hannah Guy is a name that some people might know Catherine Paprocki Caitlin Neal these are the um, the female flyweights and then the other um, the other uh, weight class is heavyweights heavyweights, heavyweights. yeah uh, oh yeah I got the list here Oh, Rob McDonald, the guy that fought in UFC, uh, you know, years ago. He's forty-three, fighting on 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 this, and then Muhammad Usman, who is a former uh, PFL fighter and Kamaro's brother, is also on there. Obviously, the biggest name, and yeah, and the names I mentioned on the women's side, I don't see any other names that anybody is going to know. Um, yeah, this, so this is Tuesday night. It's on ESPN Plus in uh, in the states. Yes, is that right? Yes. Yeah, and and a TSN here. I actually just before we started set my PVR to watch it. So I'll uh, I'll check back next week and let you guys know of anything that sounds interesting. How often do you plan on utilizing the mute button whenever Juliana Pena is talking? Uh, you know what? I'll I'll watch the whole thing and then I can bitch about it. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, par, Juliana par Pena the, and Amanda par for the course for you. Par for the course for you. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even mention that. Pena and Nunez are the coaches, and obviously they're going to fight down the road in a rematch for the uh, the women's bantamweight there, title that's currently held by if, Juliana Pena. Yeah. If there's one person I know who likes watching stuff and bitching about it later, it's Paul. 
Oh, oh, and not just uh, MMA. Um, everything you know, as as uh, any baseball, yeah, as, as, baseball as basketball, any. everything like. <laughs> yeah. Uh, basketball's over. I, I'm, uh, you know, it's sad that the playoffs are done, but you know, it, you know, it's, it was a nice ride. But and the hockey playoffs got canceled this year. You. They're done for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hockey playoffs got canceled this yeah. year. That was a shame. Not here. Um, not Raptors here in DFW. Even, the Mavericks and the Stars I know, live on. I know. The Raptors didn't even show up for Game Six. I'm, I was so disappointed, but um, they got. They, it was actually it was sixty two sixty one at the half, and then uh, Philly opens with seventeen point a run to open the second half, and it was over. So Philly's good, uh, but Philly, they got, they Philly's good. Uh, but but you know what? We took down uh, Joel Embiid. So uh, did you hear the Dynamite Show? <laughs> No, I did not. Uh, so I mentioned, uh, and I, I popped Jeff because I said somebody at ringside because they're in Philly had a fan in beat for for MVP, and and I just kind of muttered, "They can kiss my ass," and he just laughed because he wasn't expecting that. Um, and yeah, and, and uh, we took them out, so you know we didn't win, but uh, we may have stopped them from beating uh, whoever they're facing. And who is it? Uh, it's not. Milwaukee's playing Boston, so it's Philly and Miami. Uh, Miami. Oh, that you know what, Kyle Lowry. Hey, I can cheer for Kyle Lowry to uh, get a second title. So there we go. Um, I don't like Philly. So uh, that is a little bit of a basketball sidebar, and uh, and then yeah, we've got uh, we got UFC two seventy four coming up. So uh, we gotta have a look at the yeah okay. So UFC two seventy four. This is a big one. Um, it is uh, Charles Oliveira, Justin Gaethje uh, in the main event. And obviously the co-main event is a rematch. Uh, years in the making. Rose Namajunas and Carla Sparza. Uh, I believe Carla Sparza won the first ever strawweight title by beating Rose Namajunas, if I'm not mistaken, without even looking that up. Am I right on that one? Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, and and also Michael Chandler and Tony Ferguson. So yeah, we got a ton to talk about here. We'll go over the main card in detail, and then just kind of run down the prelims. But uh, Charles Oliveira and Justin Gaethje. I mean, we've sung the praises of Charles Oliveira since the show started. Um, you have called him one of the greatest lightweights. Or was it okay? Or was it pound for pound one of the best heavy or one of the best fighters in UFC? Or was it one of the greatest lightweights of all time? Or both? Uh, I mean, I'd say one of the greatest lightweights of all time. Okay. Uh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> After this run, it's hard to argue against. Mm-hmm. Oh, crazy. And to think that he started as a featherweight and we, everyone was, you know, just kind of assumed he was going to be the, you know, he was, he was going to be Max Holloway. I mean, we all, you know, whatever Max Holloway's career that he got was what we all figured was going to be Charles Oliveira. Obviously, you know, they're completely different fighters, but, um, you know, he was going to be the dominant featherweight, you know, like Jose Aldo at bantamweight, uh, or at featherweight, I guess, at the time. Um, but, yeah, he was, you know, and then he ran into a tough stretch and went moved up to lightweight and just went on this amazing run. And uh, here we are. And Justin Gaethje, like... This is a perfect matchup because it's two completely different fighters. And that those are the the most intriguing because usually you get a submission guy against a submission guy and they both just end up on the on the feet. Or you get two like sluggers and they decide to wrestle. And here it's like they're gonna have to do one of their games. <laughs> you know um and uh, we'll see what happens i'm uh, i'm just for me this is like 
uh, like the first six months of the year, this might be the, my, my favorite title fight that I'm, you know, that I was looking forward to. Uh, yeah. I mean, Charles Oliveira is fantastic. He has to know going into this fight that when you walk into that octagon uh, across from Justin Gaethje, like, I don't know that there's a singular fighter in the UFC that is going to put you into a war, into an absolute war zone more than Justin Gaethje will. I mean, probably not. I mean, I would I would have said Habib before that, but, but Habib's retired just because, and I just say that just because Habib's a whole different animal. But Justin Gaethje, I mean, I mean, uh, this guy can't be killed, and he's just going to, he's just going to, come at you like ridiculous and Charles Oliveira is going to need to be be ready for that he's going to need to be ready to be in a firefight from the moment that bell rings and he's got to be ready to go 25 minutes because we know Justin Gaethje is not you know the most durable the biggest heart the toughest chin to crack I mean it's been cracked but it's tough it's still tough I mean you have to you have to land shots that would, you know, knock down buildings to finish Justin Gaethje, and and I don't know that even with, uh, I don't know that Charles Oliveira will be able to get his submission game going, going, but he might. I mean, Justin Gaethje is very hard to take down, but Habib was able to get him down and submit him, and Charles Oliveira is just as great, if not better, at submissions than, than Habib. He doesn't have the wrestling that Habib does, but he's a better submission artist. I mean, he's the most gifted submission artist in UFC history and the best finisher in UFC history, you know, the most finishes, most mm-hmm. submissions, most performance bonuses. Justin Gaethje has more performance bonuses than he has UFC fights. I mean, we're guaranteed like fireworks in this fight. Like how can you like look at this and not have anything but what I call you know, this is going to sound a little sexual, but what I call a fight boner. If you don't have a fight boner for this, yeah. for this fight, I don't know what else, what else would give that to you because this is just an absolute perfect matchup and I'm glad it's for a title. And it may not even end up being the fight of the night. Like, you know, when, when, you know, we look at what's, you know, underneath the two <laughs> title fights, but, um, I, I, you know, what? If, if it's not the fight of the night, then something, something wrong happened in that fight. I'll put something wrong happened or something great happened. One of the two, you know, like, that means we had a really freaking awesome night of fights if, if it's not the fight of the night. Um, but yeah, like I, if, so for me, like I kind of see this, you know, like at some point I think Gacy knocks him down and then if he decides to go to the ground and try to finish him, uh, that might be bad. So, you know, like that, that's probably what Gacy's got to be worried about. Like if, if he does drop him, he better make sure he's really hurt and not just playing possum. Yeah. Um, and, because once he, once they get to the ground, Oliveira can finish anybody. Yeah. And, and I, don't that's, see, I don't see Gacy making that mistake. Cause uh, I'll see him. Yeah. I see him utilizing the strategy like he did with Tony Ferguson. He did the same thing. To Tony Ferguson, he would knock him down, and and Ferguson would go to the ground, and Gaethje would just like, nope, get a get up. I'm not up. gonna play. Yeah. I'm not gonna play that game with you. And if he did that against Ferguson, he'll definitely do that if he's in similar situations here against Ar- Oliveira. But Oliveira is going to be trying to get it to the ground, and whether that means you know grabbing his leg or whatever. And the, the thing is, like Oliveira can hit too. Yeah. So I mean, if it's if it's a case of you know he might drop Gaethje. Yeah. You know, I mean, Gaethje got tagged by Chandler quite a few times, and he got fin- um, and he got finished I- by Poirier in the past, and Eddie Alvarez in the past, and yeah, you can't yeah you can't discredit Charles Oliveira on the feet because he's his striking is really good too, and he's got knockout power as well. Yeah. 
Yeah, this is uh, this is going to be great. Um, and then in the uh, in the co-main, you know, Rose Nami Yunus, who is, you know, on the run of her life, uh, not quite as long as Charles Oliveira. But, you know, she, she's got the two wins over over Wheelie Zhang, um, you know, the, the KO of the year in 2021. And then, you know, split decision, which, you know, I think, uh, you know, that was a rightful win. I mean, yeah, I saw some people thinking that Zhang won, but um, and yeah, split decision over Jessica Andrade. Uh, so, you know, that is honestly if she if she gets past Asparza, I think she's probably looking at Andrade now. Next, uh, you know, third fight there. She lost to her once and then got a split decision win. But um, Carla Sparza is someone that a lot of people wrote off, um, and me included, because I said, like, when she won the title, it was because they didn't have the best straw weights in UFC in that tournament at the time. Um, you know, and then she went out and, you know, fought Joanna and Jacek in her first title defense and got destroyed. Like, and to where everyone was calling Joanna and Jacek the best striker in UFC, like any weight class because of how thoroughly she dominated, uh, Asparza. But, you know, she, you know, and then she went on to, you know, she lost three out of her next six fights and then, Went, got on a great roll and she's won five in a row now and uh is very much the rightful title contender for rose nama Yunus, and she's wanted this rematch for years and we're gonna get it here on on a super big show in uh uh i didn't even mention where the show is it's phoenix. uh phoenix i was gonna say phoenix i'm looking at there's I'm, the thing i'm looking at doesn't even say where it is but i thought it was phoenix yeah the footprint center in phoenix so yeah fans yay um yeah i uh you know again i'm not I, i'd be lying if i said i was looking forward to as much as the main event but um this to me and i know i'm you know i'm not the ufc pay-per-view buying public at large to me this would be a main event like it's it obviously wouldn't be but it to me it would be yeah, it's a definitely an interesting fight because because yeah, Esparza has the win over over Rose and uh, just it's I don't see this fight going the same as that one because that one at a time I think that was like Rose's like fifth professional fight fight and yeah she went through the tough house just like Esparza did but Esparza was the clear favorite favorite going into the into that show with that cast and she did her job and won the title and and Rose only got better from there and she's been just a completely different fighter for the last really four years for really the last five years, five years, you know, post, you know, and that fight happened all the way in 2014. So we're talking about seven and a half years since they first fought, first fought as far as a, I'm glad they came to their senses and actually gave her the title shot because yeah, I know she's not the biggest name in that division, but she was the most deserving, deserving. And it's good also on Rose that Rose pushed for it. And, um, it's an interesting fight. I just don't see any way Rose loses this, loses this fight. She's just improved so much. Whereas Asparza, who Asparza has always been good. I don't know that she's gotten, she's gotten better, but I don't know how much better she has, but she's definitely not gotten uh, as good as no, as Rose since that first fight. No, I agree. And uh, again, I'm, I really looking forward to this. And I've mentioned it. I don't even know if I said the names of the fighters that were fighting. But, you know, in the third fight, we got Michael Chandler and Tony Ferguson, who, um, you know, both obviously Ferguson's coming off, uh, you know, some bad losses. Um, and Chandler, you went the loss to Geishi in the fight of the year last year. I think this one is there for Chandler to win. Um, and, 
you know, and I, you know, I'm I, Ferguson. I, I've seen enough from Ferguson to think that you can't necessarily count him out. But if he beat Michael Chandler, it'd be a huge upset. <laughs> yeah, I think it'd be a huge upset. But I think this is the the test to see if the Tony Ferguson we've seen for in his last three fights, if he's done or if that guy is done, if he's done. And if he can't, if he gets finished by Michael Chandler here or, or it's a brutal beating, then yeah, he's done. The only thing left for him would be be a punching bag for Conor McGregor. But uh, it's also a big fight for Michael Chandler because he comes in with all this yeah. hype, all this hype, all this hype from, from, from Bellator. Almost got a title shot in his first fight, uh, but his first fight, he finishes Dan Hooker, gets a title fight, and now he's coming off two straight losses. Granted, it's to the two guys in the main event, Oliver and Gaethje. If you're going to lose to two guys, that's two pretty big names to lose to. But but he's got a he's these are two guys really in a must win situation here because neither one of them can afford a loss, especially especially Ferguson because that would be just the end of his career probably. But even Chandler, I mean, you don't want to lose three straight after being hyped as this big signing from Bellator. So very important fight for both of them. And it's, I mean, it's sad too, in a way, because you, you talk about that with Ferguson and, and I agree, but then when you look at the names, I mean, you know, he lost to Beniel Darius by decision. I mean, he got destroyed, but he, you know, he went the distance. He lost to Charles Oliveira by decision and he got knocked out by Justin Gaethje in the fifth round. Like that's the champion, the number one contender and a guy that's in the top five. Um, so it's not like but, he's losing a tomato cans. Yeah. It's yeah. On the flip side though, he was not competitive in a, for a single minute of those fights at all. So Correct. Uh, Correct. So, that's, so he's not a contender, but he's not washed up either. Yeah, I mean, like, losing, I mean as far as we know. Yeah, he's losing the good guys. He still might be, guys. He's losing yeah. the good guys, but he's being but he's was dominated in all those fights yes. and and uh, you know, he might be washed up. We we'll find out for sure. He here. might be. He might be. And I mean, and, but if he beats Michael Chandler, then all of a sudden you look at these fights and say, okay, like he's not going to beat the champion or the, or the top contenders, but he might be a guy that hangs around, you know, the bottom half of the top 10 for the next couple of years. Yeah. I, I wouldn't put money on that, but I'm, I'm just saying it's possible. This, this is a weird one in the sense that I could also see a situation where, where the winner of this fight fights Dustin Poirier. Or Conor McGregor, and at the same time, you can say the thing, same thing for whoever loses. Loser, this, yeah, loses this fight could fight yeah. either one of those two next. So this, this, so it's, yeah, it's a know. weird one. The 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 loser could end up with a bigger fight. Yeah, <laughs> in a way, you know. I I mean, if if you want to look at it that way, um, I mean, a bigger fight in terms of money, not necessarily uh, rankings. But, yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we got um, a fight like I uh, somebody that we both know uh, texted me and couldn't believe this was on the main card. I mean, if you're going to make this fight, it's going to be on the main card. But um, Ovis St. Pru and uh, Shogun Hua, the rematch from eight years ago where uh, OSP knocked him out in the first round. Um, I don't know that if you had asked anyone to lay money on it in 2014 that you would say that Shogun Hua would still be fighting in the UFC in 2022, but here he is. And, uh, you know, and he's still like, you know, he's not a, 
ranked contender, I don't think, but um, he is, uh, you know, he's a guy, you know, that is still going to be put on a card. No SP is another one. You know, he's fought a heavyweight last few times, uh, or at least his last fight. And he, you know, he lost to Tanner Boser. So clearly, you know, he's given up a ton of size there. Um, but, you know, he had, that was more of a convenience thing, right? They needed a heavyweight and he just took the fight on short notice and decided not to cut weight if i'm remembering right something like that yeah yeah so but i mean he's lost three of his last four um also one of those was another heavyweight fight to ben rothwell so um you know in, in terms of of his light heavyweight fights you know i guess he's you know you can look at it this way he's won two of his last three but he's pretty much been a 500 fighter for the last god well probably since he beat shokanua if actually if i look up the record that's probably almost exactly what he is um but uh yeah i mean it's i can't say i'm like terribly excited for this fight or anything but i mean it's two names like every single ufc fan knows and it's a good fight for the main card i guess i guess i mean shogun hasn't fought in 18 months so, <laughs> so who knows yeah. who knows what's left there and and i mean when you look at these guys and and you know they're both under ufc contract still they both still want to fight like when you look at where they're at where they're at at light heavyweight like like it's kind of like a perfect matchup for both of them because neither of them should be fighting anybody ranked and they both it's just it's a fight i mean it's whatever it's shogun he's a he's a legend he's a hall of famer and and yeah you know let him let him finish his career the way he wants yeah yeah and uh and then you know the uh the opener or the other fight on the main card isn't i mean it's almost exactly like the one i just mentioned uh except i don't think they fought before um cerrone uh, donald cerrone and joe lozon so if you're listening to this you know we're going to drop this on tuesday but if if you're behind on your podcast and you don't listen to it till wednesday it'll be the third anniversary of the last time donald cerrone won a ufc fight um and uh and and you know and he's in there against joe lozon who is you know not done a ton better but he has won a few fights over the last few years um actually not many um actually he's only this is his first fight in three years almost. Yeah, he beat Jonathan Pierce in 2019. So, um, yeah, and he lost his three fights before that. So this is another one. It's just two guys, you know, like longtime vets uh, fighting. I mean, at some point it's going to be it for both of them. And maybe even this fight might be, you know, every time you see Donald Cerrone or Joe Lozon might be the last time you see them. So probably, you know, I mean, it's a fight everyone's going to love. And whoever wins, everyone's going to say, yay, they're back. And whoever loses, uh, maybe they should quit. Uh, uh, you know, I don't really have much else to say. It's not terribly interesting to me, but it should be a fun fight. I mean, Cerrone's going for the for the UFC record here for most wins. Wins, yeah. It's kind of crazy okay. that he's been stuck on 23. Is he 20, for, 20, he's 23 with Ar- Arlovsky, right? Arlovsky and Miller, yeah. You uh, mentioned yeah, you mentioned earlier. Yeah. Yeah. So, so and he could get it. He could get it. <laughs> but he's been stuck at twenty three for for three years. I mean, we were talking three years. About, we were talking about him possibly being the only one to ever get to 30, 30 and it doesn't look like yeah. he's going to get there. And you know, the clock's ticking on both those both these guys. Joe Lozon is admittedly open. You know, admitted to that. Like the clock's ticking on him, and you know he he's kind of been one of those like like you know he's just. 
he just kind of just decided to fight and fight. You know, he was he was good if he never fought again. But you know, interesting fight came along for him. I feel like he's only he's one of these guys that only wants to fight guys like like Cerrone or, or you know guys who've been around forever. I mean, it's a good fight. I'm glad they moved it from the apex from an apex show to the pay per view. Yeah, you know, get him in front of fans, especially if it's the last Cerrone. Fight either. Cerrone's kind of local in Arizona too, right? I mean, he lives in New Mexico. Okay, that's he's popular everywhere, is, though. Yeah, he's popular. That's everywhere. true. That's true, and and obviously Lozon is as well. Um, and uh, and then our prelims are they uh, are they on ESPN this time? Yeah, the four um, ones are. So the yeah, the televised prelims. I mean, the featured prelim is. I mean, Andre Fiala is a great prospect. Um, you know, the guy he's fighting is making his UFC debut, but the rest, the other three fights are, you know, I think you know, kind of contenderish people. Um, so I, I don't know. How, we didn't really discuss how we were going to run these down, but because uh, we usually do on the on the pay per view prelims, we go over them a little bit more than we normally do on prelims. We can just run them down. We can just run them down from. Yeah, we. Yeah, Andre Fiallo and Cameron Van Camp in a welterweight fight. Again, this seems like a showcase for Fiallo. Um, did he? Did Van Camp take? No, this has always been scheduled. Okay, no, so Van Camp. No, they versus, just they just put they just added this fight to the card like on Saturday because Fiallo just. Oh, fought, did they? Okay, Fiallo just fought like two weeks ago. I think on the either on the sixteenth or the twenty third, and he was asking the. But this he was, isn't. He was one of those guys that he in his post fight interview he was talking about how like he's ready to fight next week and they got him a fight within the you know in le- you know like two weeks later. Yeah, right. He knocked out uh, Miguel Bieza on uh, on April sixteenth. So yeah, yeah, two weeks ago. Um, yeah. So, but it was I, well, I guess what I was saying is it's not like a, like neither one of them is like a replacement for somebody. This was just no, a fight to fill out the fresh, card. Fresh yeah. matchup made on Saturday. So cool uh randy brown and chaos williams another welterweight fight um you know chaos is a guy that you know has had a lot of talk uh, he's won you know his last two fights he lost a decision to michelle Pahea in uh in 2020 but that was you know i mean that's that's a big big name and but he's four and one in ufc so um and randy brown's you know he's been around forever um another guy he's won four of his last five so you know interesting fight there featherweight fight uh maybe what the only two featherweights on the ufc roster besides uh um uh, uh what's her name manda nunez uh macy chason and norma dumont um and chason has fought a bantamweight uh before uh, maybe even in her last oh no featherweight last fight but she's a tough featherweight champion from years ago and norma dumont is former lightweight that came down uh but this is a showcase fight for her i think uh it's one three in a row and flyweight interesting flyweight fight really like this might be my favorite fight on the card outside of the top three fights uh brandon roy val and matt schnell at uh flyweight a uh, couple ranked contenders i believe or am yeah. i wrong there yeah they're both ranked yeah yeah so um and then what do we got for the early prelims okay for the early prelims now uh we got 15 fights total on this card so it's gonna be a long show if we don't lose anything during the week so everybody hopefully be prepared because you know this is a show that could go eight hours long so but it's gonna kick off well and the and so so they they've got just so before you get into it so they they're starting at the regular time no but they got six fights instead of four no, they're starting at 5.30 oh, okay. so 5 Eastern time. 
Five thirty. Okay, so I'm I'm looking at six. So that's wrong. So they got yeah, they, they got to do uh, six fights in two and a half hours. Yeah, yeah, which, which is, is possible. Which is normal. Which is normal. What they try okay. to do. Okay, all right. Especially if you get some okay. finishes, okay. it'll happen. <coughs> Sorry, but uh, we start off with a bantamweight fight: Journey Newson against Fernie Garcia. Newson is winless in his three UFC outings, so he's in a must-win position. Whereas Fernie Garcia is making his debut off the Contender Series. Then we have a women's strawweight fight: Ariane Carnalosi against Lupe Godinez. That's a solid fight. Carnalosi, I think, is going for her third straight win, and Godinez is coming off a win in her last fight. Then we have a flyweight fight: Clayton Rodriguez making his debut against CJ Vergara. Both these guys are lightweight prospects who were signed off the last edition of the Contender Series. Vergara lost his UFC debut in November, so while Rodriguez, this is his debut. Then we have a women's flyweight fight. Uh, Mrs. Brian Ortega, Tracy Cortez, returns uh, against hmm. Melissa Gatto. Uh, Cortez has won seven straight fights. Gatto has never lost. She's got she's got eight wins and two draws. So, you know, there should be a solid fight between flyweight prospects trying to get in the rankings. We have a welterweight fight. Uh, 85-year-old Francisco Trinaldo is fighting Danny Roberts. I mean... Trinaldo, he's gonna be fight. He's gonna be fighting until he has he comes to the octagon in a walker, and he's still very good. And Roberts is <laughs> Roberts is coming off a off of a very good win against Ramazan and Miu. So this should be actually a really good fight. Hot chocolate. Yep. And then we have a heavyweight fight, Bogloy Ivanov, who has proven that even stabbing him won't stop him, and uh, he's fighting Marcos Rogeria de Lima. It's a heavyweight fight that could be. It could have a quick finish or it could be really boring because neither of these guys are super action-packed fighters. But, uh, yeah, that's it. That's it for the early prelims. Ivanov, uh, I remember when when I first started watching him in World Series of Fighting and Bellator and they were talking about, you know, that story that you just referenced. Um, I used to think he looked exactly like... Uh, Rusev and he was from Bulgaria too, which is where you know Rusev was from, and he does not look anything like <laughs> the current Rusev. Uh, no, he does Miro. not look like Miro uh, at all. <laughs> no, no, he does not. But back and then, he, you know, there, there he's was definitely not as handsome as Miro either. No, he isn't. No, but maybe it's going to be Ivanov Day on uh, on Saturday um, at UFC two seventy four. So, um, so yeah, and and we'll uh, we'll do a, a post show. We didn't even talk about this, but we we got to do a post show for the uh, Patreon. So if you're not already signed up for the Patreon, we'll we'll do something on Sunday. Uh, run down the, uh, the the results in in detail. Uh, you know, go over it a little bit more in depth than we would normally do on this show, and. Uh, and yeah, and then, you know, any news that comes out of it or, you know, any future fights that are going to get made or stuff like that. So check, check that out. And uh, pa- patreon.com slash fight game media. It's the beginning of the month, so it's a good time to sign up. It's only five bucks and you get this, you get our one show from us and we get one extra show from every single show on the free feed as well as Patreon exclusives that are every week. So for your five bucks, you probably get about 20 shows over the course of the month. So it's, a, it's an excellent deal. And, uh, and it really goes to help support this show, even though you're not paying for the free feeds the patreon helps fund our shows so check that out when you get a chance um and we also um have a real quick uh bellator show going on this weekend on friday um now this will be friday afternoon in paris uh although i uh i i didn't even check to see when when or where it airs here it's a showtime so i don't know if it's airing live or during the day you know airing live at four eastern time 
Four Eastern. Okay, so that's the main card. So that's not, I mean, that's not bad. I mean, it'll be going head-to-head with Rampage, I guess. Um, and uh, we've got uh, the main event is a rematch that the world's dying to see. Ryan Bader and Czech Congo. Now, when I, I joke saying the world is dying to see, but that those fans in Paris are going to be living and dying with this fight because Czech Congo obviously is is from Paris and is a big, uh, big you know icon there and you know for years was wanting ufc to go there and finally got to fight against i think it was tim johnson a couple years ago yeah and he lost a split decision which was extremely generous to him Uh, johnson dominated him um but uh and then when bader and congo had their first fight there was a first round uh dq or something and uh and congo you know it was a no contest i think so that's why they're doing the rematch and uh yoel romero is also going be on the card fighting a guy that uh, nobody but his parents have heard of Alex Polizzi uh, I've also got Lorenz Larkin on the card Mike Shipman Pedro Cavarlo so there's a few interesting names on there Seren Bach is uh, actually amazing he's like buried on the prelims that's uh, that's kind of a big name but uh, yeah so that's uh, that's Showtime and it'll be YouTube in Canada probably the prelims are on YouTube as well they start at 1230 Eastern so you got nothing to do on Friday afternoon you can throw on watch some MMA from Paris uh, anything else you want to say about that card? Well, I will say if you weren't planning on watching this show, I don't think a main event between Ryan Bader and Czech Congo will change your mind. So, so if you watch it, enjoy it. But I don't, I don't anticipate this being the biggest fight of the weekend. No, but you know what? Like, if if you literally, seriously, like if you if you're at home on on uh, Friday afternoon and you got nothing to do throw on youtube and check out saran back like i can't yeah. believe this guy's in not he's ufc very- <laughs> like, yeah uh and he will be at some point as soon as he's able to because that's uh that's a guy that uh they they will definitely want um all right so that is the uh that's the mma for the week and we'll move on to the news and you wanted to talk about an interview that happened earlier today as we're recording which will be yesterday as you're listening chris cyborg was on the aerial Hawani show and uh she uh she had a lot to say and it's up to the listener to decide how you know check your bs meter but uh why don't you run down what you had to say okay the very first thing i want to say is cyborg is the absolute nicest lady in in the world she is just ridiculously nice and and it's a shame she kind of gives interviews like this because it's just funny how a lot of the interviews she has she paints the stories to where it she's always on she always comes out on the right side and right side and how everything is you know about you know she 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 paints a picture uh, in these interviews of 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 like everything she did was right and everything else was kind of like wrong. Whereas it's not really, it's not really truthful, truthful to say the least. First thing she said during, or one of the the major things she said that grabs head, that's grabbing the headlines headlines is uh, she believes that a fight against Ronda Rousey was never the goal for the UFC, which is a hundred percent absolute false because if you know the story and you know the history of when Ronda Rousey and the women's bantamweight division was being brought over the UFC UFC and they started with with uh, Rousey against Liz Carmouche 
Carmusha in Anaheim, in Anaheim in the main event. That fight was supposed to be Rousey versus Cyborg. That's the fight they wanted. And Cyborg, this is at a time they were trying to talk, they were talking to Cyborg. They were trying to get her down to 135. And Cyborg kept kind of stringing them along, along her and her management team. She's got a better management team now. She's with Paradigm. But this is back in the day when Tito Ortiz was her manager. And, you know, the only two people she was listening, listening to were Tito and her now husband, Ray. Ray, who are... <laughs> They're they're not two guys to listen to take advice from from to say the least. They're not two people who should be managing anybody. But the whole idea was like like they're stringing the UFC along, long you know about Cyborg going down to one thirty five, and the whole time Cyborg is just gaining weight to make it to where it's making one thirty five, and to where we're making one thirty five in February twenty thirteen was going to be impossible. It's, it's just going to be, yeah, strictly impossible. Now, she, later, she did come to the UFC. She did fight a couple times at 140 pounds, pounds because they were trying. They were trying to get her to where she could make 135 safely. Safely. They were trying to get her down. They gave her all the help in the world they could have. But the fact of the matter is she was just too big. She could only get to 140, and she was very had a lot of trouble making 140. 140 the stories are out there so yeah i mean she can't say that the ufc that the ufc was never trying to make the run of rousey fight or that it was never the goal it was a hundred percent the goal when they started when they brought the women over oh, yeah. that was a hundred that's the fight they wanted to make so there's no truth in that you know what i mean that was the fight they wanted and there were some other things she said in the interview interview uh you know she was you know, what, talking about talking about the Amanda Nunez fight and how she uh, she was one she was they were trying to get her to sign a new deal and and uh, for for the rematch, but uh, but yeah, but she didn't want to sign. She wanted to sign a one fight deal, and there's no way the UFC is going to go for a one fight deal deal and have her eventually try to leave as a champion. It was never gonna that was never gonna happen. So. So she's just like, she's just like trying to make, yeah. she's trying to point, paint that picture like, like that she was trying to do everything she could to stay there and get the Amanda Nunez, Nunez rematch, which is not, not, not truthful, not truthful. Yeah. She wanted to stay for the Amanda Nunez rematch, but she wanted to leave afterwards, win or lose. She wanted to leave afterwards. So there's no point for the UFC to even bother you know, making a one fight, one fight deal. We know they don't do that. There's no way they're going to do that, do that. And for her to kind of paint the picture of like, Oh, I tried, but they didn't. That's, that's kind of, it's kind of, you know, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like she said, nicest woman in the world, but she's just, when you kind of listen to some of her interviews, like she doesn't come off as the most honest person in the world. So I, the only thing I'll add is, I mean, obviously it's ridiculous that UFC didn't want to make this fight. I mean, this was it was literally the only reason they paid her for years to fight an Invicta was in the hopes that she would get her weight down to 135. The only thing it would be was that they didn't want to do this fight at 145, which, I mean, 
you know, and maybe cyborgs can come back later and claim, oh, well, that's what I was trying to say. But no, that's not the case. What people forget is that Ronda Rousey actually started her career at featherweight. She fought her first three fights at featherweight, in, including a big win over Julia Budd, who later, you know, is still actually a, a top contender uh, fighting in the lightweight tournament in PFL. But she's been a, you know, featherweight champion in Bellator for years. And uh, but she moved down to bantamweight to face Misha Tate and won the bantamweight title. And at that point, it was like, OK, that's her weight class. And if they're going to make a fight, they're going to fight at her weight class. She's not, you know, she's not going to come to Cyborg. Cyborg's going to have to come to her. She, you know, she went to UFC first. She won the title. She was a champion. Um, she was perfectly willing to fight Chris Cyborg at the time. And, you know, it's hard to say what would have happened, you know, back then. Um, Real you know, quick. It's, Real quick, you also got to remember this is 2013. There was only going to be yep. the 135 division in the UFC. They That's, were not. Yeah, there yeah. Was not I was actually mentioning that. Yeah. There was not a plan for a 115 division for a couple of years. It was going to take a few years to add 125. There was never a plan for 145. They only made 145 because because they ended up signing Cyborg, Cyborg. But they don't sign Cyborg. There's never a 145 division in the UFC. No, so like because at the time, even back it was 135, then, even back then, not at all. Even back then, like all the, I mean, there wasn't very many top featherweights, but they were all signed by Bellator because they had featherweight and flyweight. Um, so, or I guess that was, you know, a little bit later, but th there was, I mean, it's just like now with the lightweight, like, you, you know, the problem you have with um, Kayla Harrison, because there's no women's lightweight fighters, like none. So there, it's all featherweights that are moving up uh, to fight her. And that was, would have been the same thing in UFC if they would have started a 145 division, even Ronda. If she would have fought at 145, it would have been a bunch of 135ers coming up to fight her. And, you know, the odd one, Jermaine Durandamy was was there at the, around at the time. And Julia Budd, I mentioned earlier. And, uh, you know, Sarah Kaufman would have moved up, I'm sure. And, you know, and a lot of them probably would have moved up. So, I mean, they would have done that division. But then Cyborg would have walked through the whole division at that time. So going down to 135 meant that they are cutting a similar amount of body weight as Cyborg would cut to 145 now if she wanted to change her body size and fight at 135 she was welcome to do that and they ended up appeasing her and and creating a division around her and yeah of course she's not gonna they're not gonna do another fight and then maybe yeah in 20 whatever it was 17 18 when she was gonna fight um Nune when she lost to nunez yeah they're not gonna they weren't interested in doing a Rousey, Rousey fight then at that point. And maybe that's what she means. Like they're not going to, you know, they weren't going to match up Rousey and Cyborg after the Nunez fight. Um, you know, that was yeah, 2016, 2017. Um, and maybe that's what she's talking about. I don't know. But either way, like she's, I think she's bitter. And uh, it's probably the biggest waste of a career like that there's been. And she can probably thank Tito for that. Um, as you alluded to, like yeah, really in any weight class, like she should have made millions. Yeah. You know? I definitely think there might be some bitterness in there. You know, she wanted to be the one to, to yeah. beat Ronda Rousey and she just kind of screwed herself out of, out of it, out of that opportunity and out of, out of, you know, making, 
you know, she's made good money, but she could have made better, better money because she was, you know, stuck in Invicta. Invicta, yeah, she was under UFC deal, deal whenever that was going on, but she definitely was not getting, you know, the pay that she deserved because, I mean, she would have been in UFC, she would have been champion, she would have been headlining show, headlining pay per views with pay per view points and making, making a bunch of money, like you said. So, she just. She's her own worst so enemy. It, I just, it just occurred to me. Uh, I forgot to do our We Have to Talk About segment at the start of the show. That's fine. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we'll do it now. Um, we got to talk about UFC this is what, heavyweight. This is what happens when Paul comes into the show unprepared because there was no rundown. Well, <laughs> I will know. I, and to be honest, I was traveling all day. I drove from Minneapolis and uh, got up at 10 o'clock. Or, I mean, I, we left at 10 o'clock this morning and I just pulled in right before we started the show. Yeah, I'm, so. I'm just breaking your balls but, up uh, here. I know, I know, I know. Heavyweights. What do we got to talk about? Okay, so we have we have full clarity on the heavyweight picture in the UFC. So, but uh, we'll just start off with John Jones and Stipe Miocic. Like we mentioned last week, that's the fight that's going to happen. It's going to be for the interim title. UFC wanted it for uh, July second. UFC two seventy six. Uh, Miocic is not going to be ready. He has apparently told UFC he'll be ready to fight in September. You know, according to a tweet that John Jones said, John said said he'll wait. He, John said he wanted to fight in July, but he'll wait for September for Stipe. There was talk about trying to do that UFC 277 on July 30th, and even moving that show from the planned location in Dallas to Madison Square Garden. Uh, but I think that was contingent on Jones and Miocic. I think that's the fight they're going to put in MSG. And if it's in September, it wouldn't surprise me if that shows at MSG because they've always wanted John, they've always wanted it. And John Jones has always wanted it, him to headline at MSG. And I think that's, that's kind of the fight to do at the, at the show right now, but it's looking like September and, uh, but, and for an interim title and, uh, Regardless of what people want to say, John jo- John Jones and his representative right now, Richard Schaefer, they've at least come to like a verbal agreement with the UFC. I don't think he's signed a he's officially signed a new deal or or you know you know there's probably some terms still to be worked out worked out. But if anybody's worried about you know contract issues or money issues there, I think they've all pretty much been leveled out because he's got he's he's coming back. John Jones is coming back this year. It's just a matter of when, not if, not if. And it's all up to Stipe, and and I think Stipe was wanting to wait till September because if he if that fight was happening July second, we're talking about right now eight weeks of training, even late J- July. That's twelve weeks. That's if he started now. Now I think Stipe wants you know good a good solid three four months of preparation for that fight mm-hmm. for that fight, and I think that's why he's saying saying September because. Because yeah, that sounds good to me, and uh, but uh, but yeah, but now we have the two other heavyweight fights, two other heavyweight fights. Uh, July twenty third, that that was the show we were talking about Liverpool, but it's, they've actually decided to yeah. move it to London, London because they uh, the, it's going to be headlined by Tom Aspinall against Curtis Blades. And London's got the bigger bigger building, so they and they sold it out quickly, and I yeah. think they're just trying to they're trying to get you know make as much money on the show, and and obviously if they're going to sell out sell out, you want to sell out the larger arena, so makes sense it makes sense. Uh, you know Tom Aspinall, Curtis Blades, that that's a 
big fight. And then now it also looks like uh, UFC UFC's going to France this year, and it looks like that date's going to be September 3rd if everything goes goes their way in Paris. And no, just talking gonna, about that. And it's going to be Cyril Gaon against Tai Tuivasa on that show. So, mm. yeah, we've got all of our clarity for the for the top six in the division and then we're gonna then couple, we'll see what, a couple other guys that wanted a couple other guys that wanted on that card were uh mark andre barrio and um his buddy that always fights charles jordan they yeah, want to fight in yeah, france a lot, too, of, so. a lot of french yeah a lot of french fighters a lot of french canadian fighters and i could see them signing some more you know they you know taylor lapalus yeah. who they who they let go stupidly years ago but he's been on kind of a win streak since he started fighting again i could see them bringing him back for that check congo they can sign him again no uh, <laughs> maybe if that soren bach is an under bellator deal maybe they can get him for it because yeah think he's friend he's from france yeah. i think so uh well he's he's fought there a lot but i think he's there. actually like yeah i don't even yeah yeah whatever but uh oh you know the interesting about that july 23rd fight in london um if if they go ahead and do that and then have the july 30th fight um you know that you're talking about at ufc 277 jones and miosic now you've got depending on whether or not francis and ganu comes back you've got a ready-made, you know, num- champion and number one contender for the for the interim title that they could do coming off of that, or if something happens with Jones or Miosic, you know, you could always have one of these guys step in, but then you got to cancel that main event. So, well, I mean, Jones and um, Miosic isn't going to happen until September now, anyway. So, okay, so what's happening for to, to, for July thirtieth then? <laughs> Nothing. We'll find we don't out. Know yet? We'll find out what's happening okay. both for July second and July thirtieth. Okay. 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 Um, yeah, but, uh, yeah, the London show. And then I guess the, you know, and then we get those guys, you know, the people we keep bringing up, you know, your Patty, your Patty Pimblet and, uh, Meatball Molly. And, uh, I would maybe keep, um, you know, um, what's his name? The featherweight, uh, Aaron, Arnold Allen, uh, maybe I had kind of almost want him headlining, but um, Darren Till, you know, like maybe you can do another show from the UK at some point and I mean, Dar- put them on. Darren Till and Jack Hermanson are fighting in the co-main on the on this show. Are they? Okay. On London, okay. yeah, that's so been announced. That's been announced. So, so yeah, I mean, you don't. Okay. Need, yeah, I don't think they need Arnold Allen, Allen on that, but I'm sure okay. Pat, Patty and McCann will be on the show. So that would have been so if they hadn't have booked this heavyweight fight, the Till Hermanson would have been the main event, and that's why we we're thinking it was Liverpool. But now yeah. that it's moved to London, it's a much bigger card. I mean, it's still fight night. Well, yeah, I mean, um, I heard, I heard it was originally Liverpool, July twenty third with Till and Hermanson. That's why, that's why I brought up the, yeah. the Tory thing because I thought, you know, last week. But yeah, they uh, yeah. they got Aspinall and Blades to agree to fight on July twenty third and just moved it to London because it's a bigger venue. So. So this uh, that'll be like that'll be another five million dollar gate for them probably, uh, you know four anyways, um, big big uh, big year for them in ticket sales, uh, even with running half their shows at the Apex or more than half. Um, all right, so we've got uh, I don't know some other news. Uh, Yuani and Jaychuk signed a, signed a new contract uh, before her uh, UFC two seventy five fight uh, coming up. So yeah. that's, uh, I guess she's she's happy with what she's getting, obviously, or she wouldn't have signed. Yeah, I, I, I would, I would, I would say so, say so. I mean, she hasn't fought in two years, and it was always 
the holdup was always she had one fight left and they wanted her to sign a new deal. And she's been making a lot of money being an Instagram influencer over the last couple of years, you know, doing you okay. know, promoting products and, and doing photo shoots that, you know, an Instagram model as they, as they call them. So, uh, but uh, yeah, she signed a new six fight deal. So it shows that she still wants to fight and, and yeah, we'll see, you know, and uh, UFC uh, coming to Austin, Texas uh, uh, for a fight night. Uh, so, Gab, yeah, more more uh, on the road shows uh, June, 18th. Uh, June 18th. So that's actually what that's next month. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, yeah, that's not that much notice. So that's cool. Like they could get out of the apex sooner than we think if if they can book a fight uh, already in on June 18th. I mean, they're still doing apex shows planned in July. So they ain't ever leaving. Oh, they ain't ever leaving full time. So. So, so it's just going to be whenever something works out where they can, where they think they can do a nice gate. I think so. But, uh, yeah, June 18th, yeah. Mo- the brand new Moody Center in Austin. Uh, Calvin Cater and Josh Emmett is going to be the main event for that show. It's oh, that's a good right fight. Tonight. That's yeah. a good fight. Well, hopefully they come back to Canada soon and uh, we'll get. Yeah, I mean, we've got, you know, you've talked about London, Paris. So, yeah, they're getting out there slowly but surely. Slowly. So, yeah, I just, I mean, anybody who's hoping, who's hoping for them to get full time out of the Apex, I think just needs to resign themselves to the fact that there's going to be several Apex shows a year. It's just going to be, it's just going to be is what it is. I mean, the, the pandemic was good. It was great for the pandemic, but it was also like, if you're a fan who wants to go to a lot of shows or wants to see, see these cards in front of fans, uh, the pandemic was literally the worst thing possible because they've got their mind made up that, yeah, we're going to use Apex for UFC shows. It's so, it's so low rent. For a company worth ten billion dollars yeah. being in there, but whatever. That might be low. Um, all right, and we got a million fight announcements. Uh looking down the list. There's actually some interesting names on there. Um, so uh, that show you just mentioned in uh June eighteenth, the fight the we've also got Kevin Holland and Tim Means on that. So Means move, moving up to welterweight or Holland moving down to welter or uh, it's a Holland at welterweight, right? For that, yeah, it's Holland, not means moving Holland up to second, middleweight. Yeah, Holland second go around at, at welterweight. He's a welterweight now. Oh right, for okay, okay, now. right. Uh, and what else do you want to highlight out of this? That was the one that stuck out to me. Uh, yeah, uh, we got a. Uh, let's see. Oh, there's actually a few. Uh, July twenty third. Go ahead. A bunch of fights. Okay. Well, no, I, I. I mean, we mentioned the two main card fights, but we also got Alexander Gustafsson and Nikita Krylov on uh, on that show, uh, which is really big fight. So that's a. That's a big card. Yeah. Uh, if everything goes through as planned. And yeah. and the next week, Sergey Pavlovich and Derek Lewis for the wherever that show is gonna be. Yeah, we're I mean Derek with Derek Lewis on it on it, it kinda leans like like yeah, it's Dallas. still gonna be in Texas. Texas, but Okay. But, but I mean, like I said, I only I only thought they were gonna move that show to I think whatever whatever Jones Miosis, whatever happens, it's gonna be the MSG show. And probably in okay, September, cool. like you said. But yeah. All right. Uh, Any other ones you want to highlight out of these? I mean, uh, those we, are the big ones. Yeah, those are the big, big ones. Yeah, there's uh, not much. I mean, I mean, the only other fight between ranked people that was announced. Uh, Jessica I. Jessica I against Macy Barber. I was supposed to fight Casey O'Neill, but Casey O'Neill tore her ACL training, so she's going to be out for like a year. And uh, well, that's Macy- good for you. Whatever. That's because you uh, you just said I was gonna fight Casey O'Neill, and oh. I'm like, man, she's she'd kill you, dude. <laughs> I mean, you said it. I'm just playing off what you said. 
<laughs> Jessica I was going to fight Casey O'Neill, and now she's going to fight Maisie Barber. <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> Proceed. Moving on. Uh, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm done. I'm done looking at those. There's nothing, there's nothing else. If you want to list. No, no. I'm, if you want to list Fight yeah, Game Media, Monday yeah. Morning Roundup. There we go. Yeah, there's a million fight. I mean, not a million, literally, but like, there's probably like 35. Um, so yeah, there's a there's and you've got all that other good stuff. Um, so this this coming week, we mentioned Bellator, we mentioned PFL. There's also a Titan FC card. Those are always fun on UFC Fight Pass on Friday afternoon. Man, there's a ton of stuff on Friday afternoon. Um, you know, between Rampage and Bellator. Oh shit, there's more. Uh, CES, there's, LFA, Unified MMA. Oh my five, god, there's five MMA events all going on. On at the, at, they have different start times, but they should all overlap at the same time on UFC Fight Pass. Also, while PFL and, and they're also also while PFL and Bellator are going on. <laughs> well, Bellator will be over, but um, PFL is dead. I mean, you know, well, no, you know what? I mean, Kel Harrison, like they're these other shows are dead. Like nobody's watching these other shows with, uh, you know, between the NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, um, you know, and and then Kayla Harrison fighting. Like, oh my god, yeah, NFL's dead. Because you know what? Of playoff, NBA playoffs. Well, they are. I mean, you know, Kay, but I mean, it's Kayla Harrison. Like people, some people are going to watch. Um, not many. Will they break uh, one fifty? So. I mean. Uh, no, 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 not if it was ESPN. Yeah. But well, ESPN two, no, here's the no, question. they won't break a hundred. Well, will, will, it will it actually make the top 150 shows of the day on Friday? Because it's like a whole one. card. No, no, because it's last. Well, they, they, they do, they do. They do the whole card, the ratings for the whole card. So, right. So it won't. No, I don't think so. What, what were you going to say about the last one? Last one didn't even make the top 150 shows on Thursday. So that's no, that, no. That's, did you see like there? That's yeah, pretty New bad. Japan for, did a zero. Yeah. Well, I mean, for a live sporting event on in prime yeah. time on ESPN2, ESPN2, granted, is going against the draft, but to not make it the top 150 shows of the entire day, that is very bad. Very, very yeah, bad. Yeah. What, uh, so that means they did probably like a 0 0.02 or a 0 0.01. Yeah, if, uh, yeah. Because I'm looking at the top 150 and 150th was 0 0.02. So, yeah, I mean, it, the most they could have done was a 0 0.02. And it's possible they did a 0 0.01, which is, you know, under, I mean, probably under 50,000 viewers total and under 10,000 in 18 to 49. So that's that's horrible. Yeah. Um, I mean, at that point, why are you even on TV? But yeah, they are, and they're getting. Well, I don't think they're getting paid, but they're getting exposure. <laughs> I don't know what kind of exposure it is, but they're they're on there. Um, all right, so we mentioned the, uh, the the Ryan's column. You can check that out at Fight Game Media. You can check that out right now, and it's kind of a companion piece to this show. And then later on this week, Ryan will have an extensive preview of UFC 274 uh, on uh, probably Friday morning. And uh, you can check back, I had mentioned earlier on the Patreon later this uh, weekend for our, our review uh, before we come back with our regular show next week. And uh, also Ryan's uh, Wrestling Observer coverage uh, on uh, of this show on the Wrestling Observer newsletter that will drop on Friday morning. And I've got the Dynamite show uh, on 
Wednesday night with Jeff Hawkins. And uh, you can also check out my Grandpa Des YouTube channel. I always, always got some fun guests on there. So, Ryan, why don't you take us home as you always do? All right. I hope everybody enjoyed the show. Have a great week and enjoy the fights this weekend. Later. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.